guys, we're in for a lacquer evening tonight. I can confirm for you that we had electricity. And even better, Ronnie's got his shirt on the right way around today. Hey, Ronald. Yeah, I know. It took a little bit of effort, but I finally put my shirt on the right way. And picking a good shirt. Ronnie's wearing a Bok jersey tonight, so that can only mean good things for this week's show. It's only like one of three shirts that I own, so it is what it is. Yeah, and this podcast, as always, is brought to you by us. So if you want to advertise here, get in touch. You know, we definitely like to take that on board. But we're enjoying all the interaction, guys, the likes, the follows. We really appreciate it. So please keep that up. Yeah, I mean, quite a quite a number of additional viewers this week. So we thank you very much for that if you are returning. And uh, if you're new, please stick around. Uh, we're not always as terrible as we are. Uh, starting off with some URC rugby from the weekend. Glasgow beating Zebra. Glasgow, Glasgow. Glasgow. <laughs> beating Zebra uh, 40-12. Yeah, Zebra is absolutely, absolutely shocking this year. I mean, the only points they have are from some bonus point losses. Much expected win from Glasgow. Yeah, absolutely. Glasgow's, uh, Glasgow's been quite strong and uh, 40-12 is a very dominant performance by them. Then Connacht, narrow win over Benetton, 21-17. Yeah, Connacht at home, you know, it's going to be very tough to, to beat them. I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago when the Stormers went over there. And, uh, you know, it's always going to be difficult to beat Connacht at home. Uh, but well done to Connacht. Very exciting game. Yeah, and a big one from the weekend. Leinster 34, Munster 19. A big Irish matchup. So, yeah, well done to Leinster. Uh, just pipping their fellow compatriots over there. You know, Munster's obviously come back from tour, so they had learned some hard lessons. And I think they were hoping to do a little bit better than they did. But, uh, yeah, well done to Leinster. Yeah, I think Leinster are the team to beat at the moment in the competition. Way ahead on the log. And then uh, Scarlet's 35, Cardiff 20. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I think I think the Welsh teams are actually really struggling this year. It is, it is not very. It's not boding very well for them. But for a local matchup like that to go the way of Scarlets, I think it actually caught me a little bit off guard. I actually expected Cardiff to do a little bit better, but well done to Scarlets once again. Fifteen points, two scores, two plus an additional score. That's uh, very well done to Scarlets. Yeah, and I mean, Cardiff are 14th on the log, so they're having a torrent time this year. Absolutely. They uh, bring up the rear there with Zebra and all of those teams. So uh, hopefully some of the Welsh teams can step up a little bit over in the coming weeks. And then over to the South African fixtures. Sharks on Friday night, pipping the Dragons 51-3. You know, week in, week out, I often like to say that the Sharks really just are the world's most average team. Uh, But that really was an impressive performance in my books. Although the Dragons haven't been performing as well recently, maybe maybe the Sharks won me over a little bit this week. Yeah, big turnaround from the Sharks for sure. I mean, the forwards, they put on a big display. The driving ball was functioning well. It's expected though. I mean, they are an incredibly dominant forward pack on paper um, and they should be doing it on the field. Yeah, I was definitely glad to see, you know, the, the forwards fronting up like that. It's something that has been missing. Uh, Kerwin Bosch also stepping up. Has he atoned, though, for the chaos we've witnessed in recent weeks? Never. No, Kerwin's got a bit of a journey to go. Um, I'm sure his his lack of great performances, I'm not going to say poor performances, but his lack of great performances in recent weeks and months and uh, possibly the last 18 months can't be doing his confidence any favours. So, uh, you know, just for him to have an okay game, I think is very good. Uh, But he's got a long way to go for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. Bosch has some, some, or not some, many critics to silence. And one good showing is not going to, to do that at all. But definitely a step in the right direction, so give him credit for that. 
Then the big one of the weekend, Bulls versus Ulster, 34-16 to the Blue Bulls. Yeah, I didn't actually expect that to, to happen. Um, I actually thought Ulster were going to pull this one out of the hat, and I was, I was just, uh, you know, supporting the Bulls. But uh, I actually wasn't confident in the Bulls taking it, and they did it convincingly, I felt. Although we'll talk about some of the points from that game. Yeah, Bulls definitely pulling off a win there. I think talking about points from that game, the Treadwell card is probably the biggest talking point coming out of that fixture. Yeah, it's absolutely it's very difficult these days. Um, the uh, the TMOs, the referees are very strict when it comes to high tackling. But I mean, sometimes it is getting it is a little bit ridiculous, and it's it's getting very frustrating to see things like that happen in rugby. Um, you know, it's very difficult for a lock to bend down really low enough to tackle someone short like Kurt de Orenza, um, you know, in the in the mid-road region. It's 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 difficult for someone. Just it doesn't doesn't quite make sense. So it you know to me it was very clear it was on the ball. It it wasn't directly against the head. So I don't think that was a card. Yeah, I also don't think that was a card. And I think Marius Jonka overreaching, getting involved there, pulling play back like that, definitely not necessary. Especially when he had the gift of time compared to the referee. You know, he was able to review that and definitely not the correct call to have made there. Another pick point though, Madosh Tambwe. What a beast. Yeah, you really like him. It's a couple of weeks now that you've been talking about Madosh Tambwe. Yeah, Madosh Tambwe. And you should listen to me because he's not the only player I'm backing that's performing well. But he really is putting in some strong performances out on the wing. And I'm glad to see the Bulls say they're going to do everything possible to try and keep him in Pretoria. Look, he, he he's I think he's done a he did an incredible job or he he made the right move by moving from Johannesburg over to Pretoria. So yeah, look, maybe the the Springbok set Springbok setup, the Bull setup is just suiting him that much better. Uh, he is very exciting. He's very quick on his feet, and he's not doing much wrong. Yeah, I think definitely a buck call up on the cards from him if he can sort out his passport. Crowds back at Loftus, 25 rand tickets, definitely a draw card for that. Eh? Yeah, 25 rand tickets. When last did you pay 25 rand for anything? And we used to pay about 10 rand in our student days to get a seat behind the posts. Yeah, in the dugout. But uh, yeah, 25 rand, that's the right thing to do. Well done, Jake, for encouraging that. And I mean, you showed me a video just before we started this podcast and I just looked at the crowd uh, that was in the back of that picture and... When last have you seen a South African stadium with that many people in it? When last did you see that many people in one single place? So, well, Ronnie, you're the mathematician among us here. Filling a stadium at 25 rand ticket versus an empty stadium at full price tickets? Yeah, no, the, they would definitely make you more money with 25 rand tickets. Yeah. I mean, look, pre-COVID they had that loop loftus leeg, which means uh, run loftus empty. Uh, the fans were not too happy with the performance of the Bulls, so no one was rocking up to the games. Stadiums were very empty, and uh, the, you know the twenty-five rand that they have for tickets now, you know, there's it's a fuller stadium than usual. Yeah, and I definitely think I mean the vendors are getting the the bars are getting money when you've got more people in the stadium like that. I think it's it's better than high price tickets, and no one's coming to the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, surely you would make that up with your collaterals, like your, your souvenirs and your jerseys and all of that, you know. Have you ever bought a ticket? I mean, have you ever bought a jersey at the game? No, funny enough, good point. I have not, Ron. Have you ever seen anyone buy a jersey at the game? No one rocks up there without the jersey. 
Good point. Well, I suppose indirectly they're getting the money from purchase of their jerseys elsewhere to go to the game. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, but well done. I give you the point there. Definitely haven't bought a, a jersey at the game. You would go there with a jersey. Most I've probably bought is like a stamp on the cheek or, or a flag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just move on from the Bulls versus Ulster. I think uh, I'm a little bit more excited by the Lions uh, beating Edinburgh. Yeah, can you believe it? Lions, well done. You shut me up. I'm I'm gonna give it to you there. Eh? I didn't think that that was gonna happen. I actually backed Edinburgh. I also backed Edinburgh. I think I backed Edinburgh because they beat the Sharks. Yep, and the Lions just proved that the Sharks really are pretty average. Yeah, you know, the Sharks just are average, and we've always just had this lack of BMT. But yeah, well done to the Lions. I I agree that you absolutely are the informed South African team. It's actually unreal how well they're playing at the moment. A uh, couple of players there I actually want to talk about. Hendricks are 10, hey? Only 20 years old and he's playing like that. He's definitely having a good season. I don't think a national call-up is a good idea for him at this stage. A little bit too early. But 100% a player that's in form at the moment, hey? Yeah, him and his brother could uh, yeah, have a bright future if they just keep their heads down, work hard. The two of them could be good Springboks one day. Definitely, definitely could. And then Lions coach saying Vincent Chatuka should be on the box cards there. What do you make of that? Well, a couple of man-of-the-match uh, performances, um, strong showings in the games. He's a reliable player, doesn't do much wrong. So look, uh, maybe he does deserve a Springbok call-up. I mean, Rusty says that you reward your players that are in form. Yeah, that's true. I think he's also got some passport problems. He's from the Congo, so a bit of difficulty with that before he can make it into the national side. But that aside, I do unfortunately think that he will not make the box. I think Alric Lowe will suffer the same fate, just too much talent in that position. And although they're playing well, they're not in a position to usurp the incumbents at the moment. Marnie Lubbock. Yeah, what do you have to say he's about Marnie? <laughs> he's also one of your go-to players yeah, recently. Marnie of the match. <laughs> Bidums. Yeah, no, Marnie's absolutely been performing really well. I think I have to say that because if I disagree with you and he does put another good showing in, you're going to hold it against me. If anyone's ever wondered what the best part of having a podcast is, it's, is that I get to record myself telling Ronnie all these cool things and then proving him right later by replaying the recording to him. He's never done that because it's never happened. Well, that definitely happened with Marnie Lubbock. I never once disagreed with you. Okay, well, we'll definitely be listening to, what, episode well, two, three, tell, four, five, six, seven. Tell me when you hear that. <laughs> so Marnie Lubbock, definitely a cracking performance. And then I actually just want to give you some stats for Marnie. Okay. He is the top point scorer in the URC overall. Hey? No, you're joking. Yeah, 107 points. Third wow. most penalties in the competition. He scored three tries this season. Top 20 for clean breaks. 19 defenders beaten. 394 running meters. And he's ranked along the Stormers' locks for the most tackles made in the team. Only Brock Harris and Kitsoff have made more tackles than him. To be making the most tackles and also scoring the most points is... Unreal. I'm actually very surprised and I'm very shocked and I don't actually have words for this right now, but I want to say that well done to Marnie. Yeah, Marnie, you 100% deserve it and I really want to see you in the box set up this year. You know, just as you said, I mean, Marnie of the match. This weekend though, uh, well actually not, yeah, Stormers, Ospreys, 29-13. Herschel Yankees falling off the wagon a bit. Herschel Yankees falling off, but I think, uh, again, just a bit of uh, confidence going or lack of confidence there. Um, I still believe in him. He's, you know, pre-COVID, he was a very strong and very exciting Springbok uh, 
find. So I'm still going to back him. I think he'll come back strong in the weeks to come for sure. Well, this past weekend's rugby definitely set some interesting fixtures up this weekend as we look back to derbies between the Sharks and the Lions and the Stormers and the Blue Bulls. I'm not excited by derbies anymore. I don't know. I just there's some some spice added to this weekend because the Bulls and Stormers are playing such exciting rugby. The Lions are on the up. The Sharks have the personnel, you know. And I actually have a bottle of Jägermeister on the Sharks Lions game. Did you get to get in on that? Who are you backing? I hope the Sharks. Oh, I'm backing the Sharks. Good. Yeah, Martin, you're gonna lose. <laughs> you already knew who it was. Yeah, absolutely. But. That's definitely going to add some intrigue to the rugby this weekend, especially in light of the fact that there's only four rounds left and three of the teams are ranked 6th, 7th and 8th on the log. Yeah, it's a very close race, obviously. Uh, I hope we don't do each other uh, and lots of damage. I hope that our players Lions, come... please lose to the Sharks. Oh, basically I, I, what Ronnie's yeah, asking yeah, for. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I also, but I also hope that our players don't get injured because we tend to have uh, take it to the next level when the South African teams play one another. And I don't, I'd really hate for us to injure each other before we go back to the North-South uh, clashes. No, for sure. And I mean, like I said, four rounds left. Uh, some big games to come. But yeah, the playoffs are almost upon us. So just thought we'd take a bit of a look at the log at the moment. Leinster are currently in first place and well ahead of the pack on 60 points. Second place, Ulster, is on 50. So full two-game bonus point wins behind Leinster. Glasgow in third, Munster fourth, Edinburgh fifth, Stormers sixth, Bulls seventh, Sharks eighth, Connacht ninth, Scarlets tenth, Ospreys eleventh, and the Lions in twelfth. So just to, to give some info on the log there, So, yeah, looking at the log, the Sharks currently on 41 points. They've got the ability of scoring max 20 points more. Uh, That would take them up to 61 points. Even with that, they're not likely to gain first place over Leinster. Stormers could get up to 63 points, Bills to 62. Most likely going to retain the positions they are on the log now, which is 6th for the Stormers, 7th for the Bills, 8th for the Sharks. Yeah, well, look, all you need to do is get into the playoffs. Then anything can happen. I mean, we had a very slow start to the URC um, as South African teams, and I think it's just it's it's we've done well to get ourselves into the top half. And as long as we make it into the playoffs, I think then uh, some South African uh, fortitude is going to come out for us to you know just destroy those Northern Hemisphere teams. We might have to travel, but you know what? We're not traveling to Christchurch anymore. We're not traveling to Wellington. We're traveling one or two time zones across and all the way to the north, and our players will be fit and ready to go 100% but some big fixtures still left the Sharks still have to face both Leinster and Ulster Storm is also facing still Leinster so there's some big games coming there for those two sides to finish yeah it's gonna matter the Bulls probably have the easier run in um, left you know they've got Stormers Benetton Warriors and Ospreys so I think the Bulls the Bulls in with a pretty good shot of finishing highest amongst the South Africans there for sure And then, you know, after chatting with some mates this week, we realized there's a bit of confusion about the playoffs and how they work. So should we give everyone a bit of an explanation on that? Yeah, I've been dying to actually know how this all works. So the URC, 18 rounds, which is almost done. 14, most teams having played 14 games already. It's split into four pools, being the Irish pool, the South African pool, the Welsh pool, and Scotland and Italy sharing a pool. Each pool has four sides in it. Each pool played itself home and away so the South African teams played the South African teams home and away Irish played the Irish home and away and then one fixture against the other opponents either at home or away okay that added up to your 18 points 
top eight ranked sides will go through to the playoffs. That's decided first on the points. If that's a tie, then it comes down to matches one. If it's still a tie there, then they'll look at the points difference between the teams. First place then plays eighth place. So as it stands now, Leinster and the Sharks would play in the quarterfinal. The Bulls would play Ulster. Stormers playing Glasgow. So it would work like that. First versus eighth, second versus seventh, third versus sixth, fourth versus fifth. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. Then obviously semi-finals and finals, all top-ranked sides get the home fixtures. Whatever happened to a good old round robin? Yeah, I suppose it is a round robin. Well, not home and away, home and away against everyone, but that would just be too much rugby, I think. Well, we used to do it for super rugby, and uh, that was always very simple for us simple people to understand. True, you've got a full set of fixtures, but I don't know. I think the format here is far better than what we saw in the ends of super rugby, where you have teams with less log points finishing higher on the log purely based on the conference they were playing in. Hmm. That was, to me, mind-boggling. But yeah, that's about it from the URC, unless there's anything you need to add, hey Ronnie? No, I'm just actually very appreciative that you explained that to me now. Uh, I can go stand around a a braai with confidence and explain the playoffs to everyone. Yeah, here all week and as many times (laughs) as you put us on repeat on a Thursday. So if you have any technical questions about the playoffs of any tournament, please jump onto the social media and ask Mr. Nicholas uh, for an explanation. So Ronnie, a controversial thing to be doing at the moment, picking a Bok team three months out from the Test Series. I think it used to be a lot more controversial. I don't know. I, I've seen what your notes say there, and I think you and me are going to have a bit of a debate here this evening. Well, I'm beating you in all but one tournament in Super Brew, so clearly I know more than you. Well, I'm sorry, Ronnie, but the tournament. I'm sorry not for over. you too. The tournament is not over. Rastu Masani hasn't sung yet. <laughs> So, Ronald, let's do our forwards, our starting forwards, and then we can have a chat and compare them there. Okay, so I'll list off my my 1 to 8. So it would be Ox, Bongi, Vincent Koch, Eben Etzebeth, Franco Mostert, Sia, Colisi, uh, Peter Steftatoy, as well as uh, Dwayne at 8 there. This is for this year, but uh, yeah, I think most of those players might still even be here next year. So this is obviously in line with the Wales tour coming in. I have a difference with you at tight head prop. I would be starting Thomas Tatoy over Vincent Koch. Okay. Uh, Urban, Sos, we agree on. Sia, Peter Steph Tatoy. Eighth man, I'm going controversial. Ivan Ruiz. That's not that controversial. I would, right? be, I would be starting Ivan Ruiz against the Welsh, purely because you're out from the World Cup, given the starting opportunities. Dwayne can take the eight for the championship. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't think that's too controversial. I actually do agree with that. Uh, sometimes I wish there was a, a eight, eight and a half and a nine position there. Yeah, we know a lot of our listeners won't agree with us, so we're definitely hoping to hear in the comments what your team would be. Then, dear old Ronald, what are we doing for the back line? So, 9 to 15, I've got Faf, Pollard, Mapimpi, Damien, um, Spoon, Corsi, and then what I've done is I've put uh, Ches and Colby at 15 because I'd like to use them on both sides of the field. Okay, you'd like to see that attacking s- uh, strength from the back. For me, 9, Kurbus Reinach. I feel like Reinach's in better form than Faf at the moment. Not sure how Faf's recovering from that hit from Vincent Koch this weekend either. But yeah, Kurbus Reinach for me deserves a bit of a run leading up to the World Cup in the 9 jersey. I would have him there. Starting Madosh Tambwe over Mapimpi. I would also be looking at doing that. I think Tambwe's in better form than Mapimpi at the moment. Whilst he is a legend, Tambwe is the form 11 at the moment. I've still got Cheslin on the wing. And then at fullback, I was a bit indecisive. Either Apelele Fassi or Tyron Green. I'm happy to start either of them. 
probably Fassi at the back. Yeah, I agree. Fassi would be very exciting to actually have at the back there. He needs the gameplay, like you said, just one year out or 18 months out from the World Cup. It's not too bad. So what do you have in terms of your uh, reserves? Well, big Malcolm Marks, 16. Of course. For me, Kitsoff is on the bench at prop. Yes. So is Malherba. Lurt Diaka on the bench for me. Ruan Nokia, the other one. I've gone for a 6-2 split. Dwayne for Merlin, Faf, and Franz Stein. Okay. Uh, that's very very basic, very sta- standard. So, look, I've, I agree with you with the Marks Kitschoff. Uh, what I've then done is added Trevor, just because um, his versatility of either playing one or three, I don't think it really matters. I've got Archia in here because I just really enjoy Archia, the big Viking, and I feel like he hasn't had opportunities to, to really showcase his skills, uh, but probably Luet uh, would, would find his way in there. Um, I really enjoy uh, Marco von Staden. I, I think he's a he's an absolute unit, and he's very exciting, and I've always enjoyed when he comes onto the field. But, you know, there's actually a lot of other players. Like you've mentioned um, already, Ivan Ruiz, um, that probably deserved that 20 jersey or possibly the 8 jersey like you had him. I've actually put Reinach on the bench. Very exciting player. I haven't gone for, this, for a 6-2 split. For me, 6-2 split is a, is a bit of a gamble. But yeah, I've got a 5-3 split. So Reinach, uh, Esterhazen just because... Oh, Andre es- Esterhazen. Esterhazen deserves a, a play for sure. And then uh, just because Franz Stein is, is one of my heroes. Then just SAA players, players that I'd definitely like to see get some game time in the SAA squad. Well, sure. Then it's it's probably the differences between mine and your team that you've picked. The likes of Fassi, absolutely. If yeah. he's not going to be in the in the box squad, he has to be in the A squad. Esther Hazen, if he's not in the box squad, he's got to be over there. Yeah, you've got the likes of Alric Lowe. You've got uh, Evan Ruiz. I mean, these are players that are doing extremely well at the moment and should be there. 100%. Uh, Tyron Green, I'd like to see there. Ron absolutely. Uh, Tumway, Grant Williams, Marnie, Lubbock, Lionel Zass, Kirtley Arantzer, mm. Pepsi Butelezi. Another interesting one that I have on my list is actually Sia Masuku, the fly half from the Cheetahs. I think he's also been playing very well and would like to see him get a run. And then Bulls prop, Martin Zima. You know, these are some guys I'd like to see get some action. We watched, once watched Oxen Che get his debut for the SAA side against the French Barbarians at Orlando Stadium, which was lacquer. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think we're very blessed with, with a lot of good players, not just a match day 23 or 25 players or, you know, we've we've got 41 quality players or 42, um, you know, we've got a lot of quality players. The only place where I feel we're genuinely lacking in absolute confident players is fly off. Yeah, 100%. I actually think this is some of the best depth South African rugby has ever had. Yeah. Bar fly half. We're bar definitely at risk at fly half. And it's not to say Marnie Lubbock isn't playing well because we've agreed that he is actually playing well. But is it Pollard? Is it Elton? And then Marnie Lubbock? Is it Pollard, Elton, Kerwin, Bosch? I mean, what what really are our options at that space? Yeah, that's definitely something to, to think about. And then, you know, Ronnie, Toyota Challenge. You know, we love the cheetahs here at Rugby Punted. Definitely one of our favorite teams. What's the Toyota Challenge? So last year they had the Toyota Challenge. It featured the Sharks, the Stormers, uh, Barcelona and a Romanian team playing for a million rand prize money. This year the tournament looks to be back on and for me it looks epic. It'll be the Bulls, the Lions, the Cheetahs, Toyota Verblitz from Japan and the Crusaders. 
No way. How that... legit would that be? Much uh, frothing at the mouth now already. To watch that. I would absolutely go down to Bloemfontein yeah. to watch that. What, how exciting can that possibly be? So, Cheetahs, you deserve the competition. We hope you pull this one off again. And if you do, we're coming down to watch without a doubt. I mean, Sam Whitelock was just chatting the other day about how he, how he missed the South African teams in order to play against him. So... This is really fantastic. I'm very happy about that. And it would be lucky to see that go down for, for the Cheetahs. Definitely a deserving side of some support and some international competition. And then, Ronnie, Prem Rugby. The new qualifying rules for Prem Rugby, they're quite interesting, hey? What's that? So, currently, in Prem Rugby, they're only allowed two foreign players per team in a matchday squad. However, and I believe this is also applicable in cricket under the Colpac ruling... Teams from South Africa, Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga are not classified as foreign players. So they're allowed to select as many of them as they want in the team. I mean, if you look at sales sharks, it's 60-70% South African. No, I don't know about 60-70%, but <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's very close to half. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, you know, that's definitely something that's affected. And funny that this announcement comes out after, after Rassi, Rassi jokes right? about it. Yeah. yeah. Rassi's living rent-free in many, many heads that side, it seems. <laughs> Do you really think you had the influence over them by just by saying that? No, I think the, the call happened way too quick after what he said. But even worse than that now, EU passport holders were also not considered foreigners. So the Irish, Scottish, Welsh players and so on were able to play in this competition. But now because of Brexit, they also count as foreign players. Sure. I don't know if this is... Uh... Good or bad for Premiership Rugby? Are they going to grow some quality homegrown talent? Or is the quality of rugby just going to suck? Well, that's what remains to be seen. So they're calling this the New England Qualified Player System, which will come into effect in 2024. And this means that in every match day 23, at least 15 players have to be eligible to play for England. Sure. So ultimately, that means that there would be 200 players from England guaranteed game time every weekend. Yeah, I really don't know what I, how I truly feel about that. It, it, it has both pros and cons for the English, um, and it's both pros and cons for our South African players that are playing over there. No, for sure. Are I they mean, all going to jump over to Japan? Well, that's why we're seeing the departure of uh, Faf, Lurt, yeah, and Rohan from yeah. Sale at the moment. But, I mean, hardest hit is going to be London Irish. They featured only nine eligible English players this weekend. So that's well off the mark. Sale, 13. So, they're a little bit closer. But it's definitely going to affect the teams in, in varying degrees there. But here's a stat that I found that blew my mind. 12% of the players playing Prem Rugby are South African. That is a lot. That, that is, is a, a lot. lot. <laughs> 12% of that entire competition Wow, are South Africa. And eligible to play for south africa wow i mean that's one out of every eight players it's that's really unbelievable unreal hey sure okay well done south africa for uh for having your own competition up there that uh, <laughs> taking over a competition that's impressive very no, well that really is so that's definitely going to bring a lot of change in so, addition to the salary cap that's applicable there. i suppose that makes uh russie's 400 million uh a little bit more understandable when he mentioned that that value i just thought that was a ridiculous amount of money but it makes quite a bit of sense it's that player volume eh? yeah absolutely so that's definitely definitely an interesting thing and then that reminds me of our april fool's joke i was just about to say i was looking at the agenda right now i was saying i'm hoping that you actually bring it up what a classic yes what a classic guys we would love to see maro toji in durban i don't know if i would love to see him there but 50,000 people clicked on that link to read that, eh? 
So thank you guys. We got you there. Hopefully. Oh man, it was so fun. Actually, I spent way much, way more time than uh, I'd care to admit going through the comment section. Yeah, a lot of people getting very part, upset eh? <laughs> about that. But uh, what an April Fool's joke. Well done to you. Yeah, no, that was a lucky one. So thanks for all the support and the comments on that one. You entertained Ronnie, guys. And then, yeah, uh, Wales chances in July after their struggles in here no, in the URC. It's not good. I think we spoke about it right at the top. The Welsh teams just aren't doing well in the URC. And I think it doesn't bode well for their tour this side in, in the mid-year. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for them. You know, generally I've respected Wales as quite a physical side. But that's definitely an area they struggled immensely against us in. Look, it's always a bit of a different kettle of fish um, when when the national sides to go go up against one another. I mean, they really have our number. They know how to sort of fight fire with fire. But I just think that for some reason this this year their various players and teams just aren't clicking. And I think I'm going to say it. I'm going to be a little bit cocky. I actually think that. Uh, and I'm going to be a little bit cocky and I'm just going to say it. I actually do believe that uh, South Africa is going to pump Wales. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for Wales. But they will have the talisman, Adam Wynne-Jones, back, barring any complications. So, who knows? But at the moment, Wales have a lot to think about ahead of that series, that's for sure. So, Ronnie, your two cents? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was a little bit difficult for me to pick. What am I going to actually complain about this week? And then I thought, maybe I should tell a joke. Then I just changed my mind. I said, I'm not feeling funny today. Um, so what is it that I'm going to talk about? I think, and this is going to be controversial. I'm going to raise it here and I'm going to bring it up in a couple of weeks again. Jordy Barrett has indicated that he would like to play 12. Have you read this? Yes, I have. I've okay. seen this. So I would like to say that it's absolutely a no-brainer. And then anyone that disagrees with me right now should have their own brain checked. But... Bowden Barrett should be playing 15. Oh, no, here we go. And Richie Munger should be playing 10. Guys, it's I as simple apologize. as that. I apologize in advance for this. No, because... Here we go, the runny round. <laughs> I have got a bit of data that will uh, shock all of you when, once I do decide to uh, present it. But having an incredible player like Richie Munger is a no-brainer. You have to have him in your team. Yeah, on the bench. You have to have him... For as many minutes no, as you no. could possibly have him on the field. I don't know, Ronnie. You and me differ greatly about the Richie Bowden debate. We will be having that on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, so I'm actually introducing it now because next week, I or potentially the week after, I'd like to really expand on this and I'd like to present some of my data. But today, I'm going to say it outright. Bowden Barrett should be playing 15. Yeah, and you're clearly wrong. So Bowden Barrett okay. is also past his peak. Yo, yo. I felt that for you, New Zealand. Ronnie is definitely out of order. We'll have a chat after the Don't podcast. Get me wrong. Bone Barrett is an incredible player. On the sauce a bit too much, eh? The yeast. Okay, so <laughs> you, you're saying I should just sit down and shut up right now. Yeah, you're definitely wrong, but that's okay, Ronnie. Bone Barrett is a quality player, but so is Richie. And the best of both worlds is putting them both on the field at the same time. Well, we'll definitely have this conversation further. Let me do some research as well so I can beat your made-up statistics and prove you wrong. Last week, Saturday, Ronnie, how did you do? I'm assuming I got it right. Yeah, unfortunately, you did get it right. Yes. Quite disappointed. But well done. It was John Paul Peterson. John Paul. Otherwise known as JP. John John Paul, not John Pierre. No, John Paul. So, yeah, like a JP Peterson, what an epic player he was for the box. legend. Definitely someone I loved watching play. But this week, I have another one for you, dear old Ronald. Another name the player. You get your three questions, see if you can help our listeners out. 
and as always the answer will be posted on Saturday. So Ronald, this player retired after playing for Northampton Saints. He played for an SA franchise from 2006 to 2014. He played international rugby from 2008 to 2015. He was voted best player in his position in 2008, Super 14. He won man of the match against the All Blacks. He has 22 test caps and two caps for the Barbarians. What are your three questions? Well, this is a bit of a tough one. Did he play in the rugby championship? Yes, he did. Slash Tri-Nations. Yes, he did. Is he a World Cup winner? No, he's not a World Cup winner. He's not a World Cup winner. Which South African franchise did he play for? Cheetahs. Cheetah, Cheetah. So he's from Bloemfontein. Yeah. This is a bit of a tough one, uh, Nick. I actually don't have much of a clue here, but I'm going to go for Ashley Johnson. Well, Ronnie, you're going to have to wait like everyone else for Saturday. I will not be giving you the answer here. And then we'll see if you're right. Sneaky suspicion you're not, though. Lacquer guys, thanks for joining us. Please give us your comments, your feedback. Share the podcast with your friends and family. The support is really appreciated. We do see it. We do see you guys. And we'll catch you back here next week, Thursday. Next week, Thursday. Mm -hmm.